fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh man, it is a Friday. It is the greatest day of the week, kicking off another weekend for you, wrapping up another crazy, wild, insane week. That I'm sure everybody has had. Welcome into the program. This is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death and appreciate you very, very much. It's a Friday. It's also Mexican Independence Day. Happy Mexican Independence Day for you. Even though we don't live in Mexico, we can still celebrate, right? Why not? Other nations that hear us loud and proud when we celebrate our 4th of July with all the fireworks that go off every year for our celebrations. Why the heck not celebrate Mexican Independence Day? I I have to admit, again, where I hail from in Wichita, I, am, I oversee uh, multiple radio stations in our cluster. And one of our newly purchased stations is a Spanish radio station here in town. And I have had so, so much fun today with those guys. I absolutely love it. They had a live band in studio earlier this morning. I am stuffed to the gills with gorditas, like authentic, awesome gorditas. I am excited to go home and probably have a margarita, because why the heck not? Andy, you're cultural appropriating. Shut up. I'm enjoying another culture, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So happy Independence Day for the country of Mexico. I really wish they could be independent from the cartels, and that's a conversation we'll have throughout the program a little bit today. But uh, for those that like to celebrate it or for those that just like to appreciate the fact that another nation is proud of themselves, happy Mexican Independence Day. Bottom of the hour, we have Tom Hogan on the program today. He is the author of the latest thriller book called The Empty Confessional. We'll talk about the book, the theme of the book, if you enjoy some of those fictional things. Also, the research that went into it on some of the corruption behind religious institutions. Maybe triggering for some, but, but an important conversation to have. So we'll do that at the bottom of the hour. We have a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, being Mexican Independence Day, a lot of pride going out there and a conversation about the Hispanic communities. There's obviously a lot of news going on in that topic and genre right now. And I will ask you right now, are you enjoying the political theater? Are you enjoying it from both sides of the aisle, the right and the left, the political theater that's going on right before your eyes, right before election season in November? Are you enjoying the political theater in the back and forth between what's going on right now? I mean, obviously, the left side of the aisle, they are the ones that care about Hispanics. They're the ones that care about the minority population. They're the ones that care so much that they are as diverse as a breakfast taco, right? I mean, that's what Jill Biden said as she was speaking to, I don't remember where she was speaking, but as she so rightly said that the Hispanic population was just as diverse as a breakfast taco, which is why, if you remember, I think it's time to bring it out of the archives here and back on this program. We did it a few months ago. Our very own Voice of Reason infomercial of Jill Biden's Adon, the breakfast taco. The Hispanic community is radically diverse in the United States. Some would say as unique and diverse as the food they eat. The diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, 
as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. And now you can enjoy the flavor and diversity that every member of the Hispanic community gets to enjoy every single day. Jill Biden's very all-new breakfast taco special from the Voice of Reason. Hola amigos, I'm Adan, your Jill Biden breakfast taco. Now you too can enjoy the unique, diverse flavors of Mexico and Latin American with me. Adan the breakfast taco has everything a growing boy, girl, undecided, or other may need. Start off with a thick layer of potato seasoned with fresh and delicate spices of Mexico and cook to perfection. The potatoes show not only are we tough on the outside, but soft and lovable on the inside. Next, enjoy the two large huevos. No breakfast taco is complete without our famous huevos. They are there for all to enjoy. What comes next in the delicacies is the true sign of diversity and uniqueness in the culture as there are just too many options. Chicken, carne asada, chorizo, pork, bacon, vegetarian, the choices are endless. We have a flavor for everyone, but you won't know if you like it until you try it. And we like it all. Finally, your Jill Biden Adon Breakfast Taco is always personalized for you with the specially unique and diverse toppings only found in the ever-expanding diverse culture of Latin America. Top me off with your favorite great-tasting cheese, sour cream, or gravy. But don't forget, what sets your breakfast taco apart from any other breakfast taco is a little spice. Forget the salsa from the supermarket. It's time to do add the real spicy direct from Mexico with the slices of jalapeño, habanero, or red chilies. Plus top all off with your favorite Valentina or tapatio. Show off your unique diversity with your very own Jill Biden breakfast burrito from The Voice of Reason. Order now and multiply your diversity with two Jill Biden breakfast tacos, all for the price of one. It's the Voice of Reason's Jill Biden Breakfast Taco. Are you diverse enough? Coming to a restaurant near you. Andale, andale. <laughs> there it is. Adon the Breakfast Taco right here on the Voice of Reason, our very own specialty. And that is the diversity that, according to Jill Biden, that is how diverse the Hispanic population is all over this nation. So while the political theater continues here in the nation right now, the question is, who really cares about the Hispanic population? Who's really the one stepping out and trying to welcome and trying to warm up to the population? Here's the thing. The political theater is so outlandish right now that it's pathetic. The left side of the aisle, they are an absolute panic that they are losing their base as a party you have to remember that many hispanics that do come to the country illegally or illegally are trying to flee from a horrendous situation and might i remind you what that horrendous situation actually is big government corruption utopia tyranny cartels mobsters tyrants dictators they're the ones that are fleeing from that kind of garbage while the left side of the aisle here in the country, in the United States, is trying to create said utopia of all of the aforementioned. Now explain to me why the Hispanic population who is coming here, regardless of whatever country it may be coming from, 
and wanting to come to the United States, why they would jump right on board with a group that, quote-unquote, likes to take care of them, yet creating the same utopia that they just tried to flee from. I'm pretty sure that the majority of them are way too smart to recognize that, and they're starting to recognize that, which is why... The left-wing hack media in this country is starting to panic because they're realizing that the base voters that they've had, that they've been able to buy off and been able to, quote-unquote, take care of and create the glass ceiling and compartmentalize and create the identity politics for and abuse for years, they're starting to lose, which is why everybody's losing their minds when Republicans have started sending illegal immigrants from the border states off into Democrat-run areas. Often to Martha's Vineyard, into Washington, D.C. Now, as they say, Republicans are heartless, and it's a racist move, which is what they're always their, their response is for everything. It's, oh, that's a racist move, moving everybody to these places. Let's remember, first and foremost, and this should be a bipartisan issue on both sides, to say, you know what, it is sad that an individual, regardless of wherever they're from and regardless of wherever they're being shipped to, that it is sad they're being used as political pawns. Can we just admit that for everybody? The fact is, though, this has been going on for years and years and decades. This is nothing new. It's the first time that Republicans have done it to expose what's really going on. Democrats, which is why it's hilarious why they're so worked up about this and so up in arms about the moving of uh, illegal immigrants to different parts of the country. Democrats have been doing this for years. Bring them across the border. Get them lined up with stuff and then ship them off to different parts of the country with their master plan to try and change voting uh, 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 voting patterns, try and change communities up. Just here you go. Take care of it now. We got you all set up and ship you off into different parts of the nation. Now, the Republicans are like, wait, we can't handle the massive flooding of immigrants into the borders right now. And we want to take care of as many as possible, but we want to be able to do it in a legal and proper way. And if we can't, then guess what? While you guys are letting it happen because you refuse to actually enforce immigration policy, here, you can deal with it, exposing the corruption of the left. And now the left's all up in arms. This is Joy Reid, the hack from MSNBC. You can tell that she's very angry, she's very bitter, and probably a little bit jealous from Fox News. Please allow me just for a moment to take... A moment of former Sunday school teacher privilege, because this tactic by supposedly Christian right politicians like DeSantis, Arizona's Doug Ducey and Greg Abbott of Texas is about as unchristian as it gets. Deuteronomy 2719, which strangely Bible verse tweeter Marco Rubio has yet to share with us today, states, cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow. While Leviticus 19.34 says, the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. Oh, there's also that, as you've done the least of to these, the, done to the least of these, you've done to me, that part from the New Testament. Fox News was, of course, given the exclusive heads up and broadcast footage throughout the night. And that is not the only exclusive that they scored. Abbott shipped two busloads of migrants to the Washington residence of Vice President Kamala Harris, where a Fox camera was waiting. Abbott began busing thousands of migrants to Washington back in April. Ducey has been doing it since May. And it should come as no surprise to you that all three have oversized political ambitions. And Fox News? Well, they were in just hog heaven. I'm sensing a little bit of uh, jealousy there from Joy Reid against Fox News. What do you think?
Now, her little tirade there of trying to quote the Bible and trying to go after her for the Christian values, look, no one's saying not to take care of any individuals. And while the political theater continues, of course it's political theater from the right side of the aisle. We're frustrated, and they're saying, hey, if you're not going to deal with policy to actually streamline it, and we can go into immigration policy, yes, it needs to be easier to be able to come here with a green card or a work visa or a student visa. Yes, we need to mainstream it to make it easier for individuals to get their citizenship. Yes, we need to fill in the gaps that we need to as a nation because we are the open borders to allow people to come in and we can take care of you but open borders in the sense that we want to make sure that we're assimilating to society the proper way not by the vast majority of these individuals that are being controlled and abused through either human trafficking sex trafficking drug trafficking gun trafficking from the cartels who are running rampant at the border you can talk to any law enforcement agency you can talk to anybody from the hispanic community that are extremely concerned about how much the cartel has in control over all the individuals coming over we are the humanitarian nation and we bring in more immigrants than any other nation on the face of the earth and the democrats have allowed this disaster to happen have allowed the nation's borders to crumble, and then when they get a taste of it, they're angry and they call Republicans heartless and bigots and racist while they try to do their political PR stunt by taking out humanitarian efforts out there to properly take care of them because, yes, you know what What? what uh, the Martha's Vineyard did was they had the humanitarian efforts to house them and to feed them and to take care of them. Cool. But again, I go back to the values of the Hispanic community, the ones that are trying to come and actually do the right thing. How many of them want to be taken care of? instead of trying to go out and make a better life to take care of themselves. You're boxing them back into another bit of servitude and slavery, which is what the Democrat Party is all about, and they love it, and they're doing it as the PR stunt to try and maintain their minority votes because they're losing them, and they recognize it. Lots more coming up here on the show. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. By the way, for any of our satire bits that you may enjoy, you can go to our website, HoosierReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Subscribe there. You can become a Hoosier-holic if you want to get our monthly newsletter, our email newsletter that's sent out to you every month there. We don't scam you a whole lot. That don't scam you at all, but we don't uh, you know, bog down your email by sending up a whole bunch of stuff. Just a once-a-month mo- uh blog email also but if you go to the website go to hoosierreason.com go over to the tab called special features you can see all of our different satire bits and infomercials that we do on this show and that we've made so far we're going to try and make some more of those more frequently it's been a while since we've done that but uh uh yeah you can see all of them that we've made at least over the last year or so i think it only gives me a certain amount of space on there so i have to start knocking things off from some of the older ones which means the super old ones may go into an archive vault for some additional special special features later on down the road we'll talk about later on so the question is now that the uh, hispanic population slowly moving away from the democrat party they've been conditioned they've been trained they've been told they've been brainwashed that the democrat party is here to take care of them however their values do not align with the values of the democrat party they don't the traditional values the hard work ethic the making your own way the family 
the let's get together and get stuff done. That is not the values of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party's values are just sit at home, don't worry, we'll take care of you, just continue to vote for us, and we'll have all the power while we control you. That's literally what they tried to get away from, whether it's a dictatorship, whether it's a tyranny, whether it's a mobster-like mentality, whether it's the cartels, that's literally what they tried to get away from. And once they realize that, which there's a light bulb starting to wake up many in the Hispanic community, I know because I talk to a lot of them on a daily basis, uh, once they start to realize that and that aha moment comes on, then they realize, wait a second, the Republican Party might be the place for it to actually be. What a crazy concept. Uh, they've been Now, here's the thing. Republican Party, you need to work a little bit harder if you're going to try and win over the Hispanic population because <laughs> you don't do a very good job of it. This is all the way back in 2012 with Al Cardenas. He was uh, one of the marketing managers for the GOP trying to focus on the Hispanic vote and trying to reach out to the Hispanic population on Newsmax. Well, look, uh, truth of the matter is that without a reasonable uh, percentage of their support, we can't reoccupy the White House. Uh, of the 13 or 14 states that will likely decide the outcome of this election, you start looking at Florida, at Virginia, at Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, to some extent Ohio, and you realize that if we don't have a significant percentage of support there, we're not going to win those states. And if we don't win a majority of those states, uh, we don't win the White House. And so obviously there's a lot of work to be done. I believe that that, that, that constituency is critical. But, you know, Hispanics have been more impacted by unemployment, by the mystery index, as we talk about, than anyone else. And, uh, and when you talk to Hispanics about the quality of education, opportunities for the kids to find employment, a better future in America, uh, you know, engulfing the traditional values that our party spouses, uh, we have a loyal constituency, and we just need to get better at the messaging, at our content, uh, but frankly, we've got, we've got uh, the right vision, we've got uh, the right positions, and we've done very well. In 2010, you know, we elected two Hispanic governors in the critical states of New, Hampshire, uh, of New Mexico and Nevada. We elected five new Hispanic congressmen in Texas, in Idaho, uh, here in Florida. And so, you know, we, we, we're on the move, and we just need to make sure that that continues in the 2012 cycle. All right, so that was 2012 there. It has not really kicked off, and it really didn't kick off a whole lot. It was getting better. It's been getting better over the years, but it honestly didn't really kick off a whole lot with Hispanics moving to the Republican Party until under Trump. When he got the largest vote from the Hispanic population than Republicans in the past, not from a mainstream establishment moderate candidate like Mitt Romney in 2012, but from someone like Donald Trump who gets it. And now we're seeing like the vote that we saw with the special election just a few months ago with Myra Flores in a district that's been blue and Democrat run for over 150 years in a Trump supporting MAGA Hispanic. The first congresswoman that was naturally born in Mexico is now under the Republican flag as a solid conservative. That's where things are starting to change when we come back we'll shift gears a little bit tom hogan right around the corner the empty confessional is the book we'll have some fun with that here on the voice reason for a friday with andy hoosier when reason meets radio you're listening to the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, you know, reason, common sense, rationale. We just like to have a fun conversation here on the program like we do every single day. Welcome back into it. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you want to listen, which, by the way, 
I think starting on Monday, give you a little teaser, on Monday we may have another streaming site for you to watch as well. We love our partners over at Ops Lens. We Maybe jumping on another one. I don't think it's going to be live, though. I think we're going to be doing it recorded uh, with another one. Rory Sauter, the Rory Sauter Show. He does a podcast, a live stream show on Facebook and some other sites. I join him quite a bit as a guest. And he's starting up as well a website with some uh, shows and would like to try and pick up our program. So we may be broadcasting on there as well. Not sure yet. Don't know if we can send to two sources or not. But uh, uh, OpsLens, obviously, they're our family. We love you guys to death. And uh, we're not going anywhere from you either. So welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. I want to shift gears a little bit away from the immigration discussion the political theater that we're seeing right now, which is just a just crazy on both sides of the aisle, and it's a little frustrating. But as we shift gears uh, on Fridays with our guests that we have on, we're going to be talking about some different things because why the heck not? It's a Friday, you're trying to get set for the weekend. And although I, we're going to do it kind of in a lighthearted manner-ish, the, the topic today is kind of lighthearted, but at the same time, it's something that I think makes your brain hurt a little bit uh, with some of the stuff that goes on. So in our latest in What's Trending... What's trending today? I am really excited to have on the program. He's the author of numerous books, including The Devil's Breath and Left for Alive. Now the new book here, The Empty Confessional. He is also an award-winning screenplay uh, screenplay writer. He's also written for Newsweek and other political uh, uh, writings, including with the Jerusalem Post. He's also an archaeologist. Uh, he's done uh, archaeological digs in other places as well. But really excited to have on the program with us here, Mr. Tom Hogan. Tom, how are you, my friend? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. You have lived a fascinating life, and I really wish I could spend a lot of time talking about all the stuff that you've done. But I love the books that you have here, including this new one, The Empty Confessional, because you make uh, fictional books, but you really base them on a lot of real-life events, don't you? Yeah, it's. I don't know how I fell into it, but um, I started taking on these very serious themes. Uh, the first book that you mentioned, Left for Alive, was about prison life and sexual violence. And the second one, The uh, um, uh, the Devil's Breath, is about the Holocaust. And then this most recent one is about Catholic Church and pedophilia. But in all of them, it's not like you can find humor, but there's a dark humor to all of them and an educational side to it, which is what's gotten the nice reviews, as people say, you know, I learned a ton about this and that, but I did it in the context of a thriller rather than a textbook. Sure. And that's kind of been, maybe unintentionally, but that's how the three books have rolled out. Well, I enjoy that because that's, I think, a lot of the ways where people are exposed to different ideas on what's really going on. I mean, stand-up comedy, really back in the day, uh, back in the Middle Ages, I mean, stand-up comedy and comedians and the jesters, they were the ones to poke fun at the current events to make people think about them, but do it in a lighthearted manner. This, it sounds like this is kind of the way that you've approached this stuff in a, in a dark sense, a dark humor sense, with talking about some really obviously atrocious events with the Holocaust and now with this one, with the uh, the stuff that goes on within the Catholic Church, which, uh, before we get into the actual story of the book here, I mean, the issue that's gone on with the Catholic Church, it's not in the news much anymore, but does it still go on? And is there still a rift in the Catholic Church right now that's being trying to be mended because of this issue? It's, it's a great question, and I think the, the, the short answer is, yeah, it's going to go on. It's going on still, and it will go on until the Catholic Church does two things. 
you know, it needs to adopt a zero tolerance and and truly excise uh, all of the guilty priests whether it brings them into a program or to a monastery or whatever, but get them the hell out of the, you know, daily contact um, uh, with parishioners. And the second thing is to open their files to the uh, the police. This idea that they can or will police themselves has proved to be laughable for the last couple of hundred years. So, yeah, it's still going on. You You saw in Ireland all kinds of stuff that has been unearthed. France, the same thing, and I'm just talking about within the last year. So, yep, wow. still there. It's still there. Well, that is unfortunate. What's really unfortunate is that we don't hear much about it in the mainstream media anymore. They just don't like to talk about it, whether that's uh, intended or unintended. We just don't know about it any longer. So it's kind of drifted off, I think, from a lot of people's uh, focal points of what's going on within the church. But talk about the empty confessional. Where did you get the motivation to write this one, or where did you get the uh, the need to want to write this book? Well, I had been experienced uh, with the Catholic. Um, I was, uh, a, as you mentioned, you know, I, I had um, my degrees were in biblical studies, biblical archaeology, but that meant that I spent a lot of time around religious institutions, both the Catholic seminaries and the Protestant seminaries. And, you know, I was stunned at the difference between the two. Um, the, the Catholic... Uh, the seminary program, you think about it, it it recruits an odd assortment of people. You know, you've got the the well-intentioned pastors who really want to be out there doing good, but they've got other avenues. You know, they do the Peace Corps, whatever, if they want to be married or they want to have a more traditional life. Mm. So you're already starting with an odd group of people when you have the Catholic uh, seminary program, and then you hide them from everyone instead of keeping them out in the open world. You know, they're in these seminaries, and then you restrict them further. You can't have, uh, you know, uh, a wife. You can't have a family. Masturbation and homosexuality are sins, and you wind up with a pretty bizarre group of people, as opposed to the Protestants who are working more from the standpoint of you know, teaching their ministers how to run youth centers and marriage counseling, et cetera. So that was the beginning of it all, was how different a population each seminary program seems to attract. And then when I got into it, it was more the idea of what would someone who was new and fresh and idealistic do if he was encountering this uh, this plague within the church of pedophilia? And that was the uh, the basis of the book. Sure. I love it. Have you noticed between your travels, your archaeological digs, your and your uh, exposure to both Catholic and Protestant from Europe and America, have you noticed religious practices in both Catholic uh, Catholics and Protestant teachings? Have you noticed a difference between um, how we do religion and services and practices here in the U.S. compared to over in Europe? You know, I think it's more between—it's a great question. Um, you know, you, you go down to Latin America, for example, and um, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, is as big as, as Jesus as a political figure. You know, mm-hmm. you look at that and you go, all right, that's different. Yeah. Uh, you go over to uh, Europe, you know, which had all of the Reformation and the beginnings of the Protestant movement. And you realize that they're a little bit more um, not confrontational, but they're they're more willing to take on 
Catholicism in terms of its impact on their um, their groups than you know the the U.S. Catholic groups are a little bit more traditional than their European counterparts. But I think uh, you know the big difference that I see is in how they train their ministers. Is the um, the Catholics, if you think about it as kind of a, an hourglass, you got God at the top, and you got the people in the bottom, and that little pinch area is the priest, and he's supposed to interpret one of those to the other and back and forth. That's a pretty demanding job for someone who's 26 just getting out of a seminary, <laughs> much less someone 45, 50, or whatever. That's just a hell of a job definition. Whereas the Protestants teach them to be more facilitators, you know, encouraging direct relationships between God and the people and just, how can I help? Sure. I think that's the big difference for me, is is the stress that the job of a Catholic priest has on the individual. Yeah, that is very true. It kind of reminds me, I'm not Catholic, so I, I it's interesting to always see some of the practices, but it really reminds me of kind of like the movie Gran Torino, where the young kid's trying to do the confession for Clint Eastwood and being older and not wanting part of it. And, and uh, I'm sure that a lot of the, to me at least, I found that kind of ironic with the older individual going and confessing to this young 21, 22, 23-year-old kid when they haven't really experienced yeah. a lot in the world. And I do find that aspect kind of fascinating. Oh, yeah. I mean, you sit there and you say, and, um, you know, I I was raised Catholic. I'm no longer that uh, But I just remember when I was uh, nosing around the seminary program, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, these guys are celibate, and they're going to be marriage counselors to their uh, uh, <laughs> parishioners. This makes no sense, you know. Um, it's it's a yeah, it, it's a bizarre uh, uh, spectrum of responsibilities for these priests, given how little training they have. Yeah, that is very true. We're talking with Tom Hogan, author of the book The Empty Confessional, which you can find all the books and this one at tom-hogan.com. Tom, we got, we got about 45 seconds. We have to take a break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. Uh, awesome. I love it because I actually want to talk about the book and see what, the, you know, give everybody a little bit of a tease of what the book is about and what it all entails. Because as you mentioned, bringing some of the real life scenarios and some of the deeper, darker stuff going on in the world and bringing it to light and having a conversation about it is fascinating. Plus, when we come back around the corner here as well, I got to pick your brain on some of those digs that you've been part of with those archaeological digs. Because to me, I find that stuff absolutely fascinating. And I can't wait to hear about some of that as well. It's tom-hogan.com. Go and check out the website. Find the book, The Empty Confessional, along with some of the other books as well. Left It For Alive and The Devil's Breath, along with so many others. Some great content. We'll do all that when we come back. Plus, if you have any comments or questions, you can leave a comment on the social media. We'll try and squeeze some of those in as well as we cover this one. We'll take a break here right around the corner for the last segment here on a Friday's episode of the voice of reason good golly it goes by way too fast and by the way happy mexican independence day as we talked about some of that earlier in the program we'll do some more when we come back as well it's the voice of reason stay here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Right now we're talking with Tom Hogan, author of the book The Empty Confessional. You can find all of his books and all the information at tom-hogan.com is the website. All right, Tom, let's talk about this book here. Give us the layout. Give us a little tease. Obviously, it's about the priesthood. It's about Catholics. It's about the issue there. But give us a little tease about what the book's about and what could people expect. Sure. Um, it's a it's a different kind of book in the sense that um, this young priest uh, who's got his own questions and conflicts um, internally and otherwise uh, is given a parish at the, the ripe old age of 27. Um, but as he gets into there, he starts to realize through two different vehicles. One is he, in the confessional itself, he discovers all of these spousal abusers and rapists who are going unpunished because of the uh, sacredness of the confessional. And the second element is he discovers all of these, uh, not that it's rampant, but that there's a large number of pedophile priests who are also slipping through the system. And so he decides to take his own um, uh, form of vengeance or justice and um, disables them without killing them, but rendering them incapable of uh, doing their crimes in the future. And in the process, you know, he comes, uh, uh, the, the local priests start to investigate all of this and thinking that he's a great resource into the church, they recruit him to help solve the crime, not knowing that he's in fact the criminal that they're after. So that's the bottom line of the, uh, the book. It's very, uh, not complex, but it's an interesting thriller in the sense that, uh, you know, um, the guy who's now part of the investigating team is the criminal that he's going after. Ooh, I love it. This is a, this sounds to me like it's like uh, it's like Catholics meet the Punisher meets Saw meets Dexter all in one. Is that, a, is, is that you know, about I like the Dexter. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to, you know, there was this great movie Doubt with Meryl Streep uh, uh, about pedophilic uh, priests. And then you had, you know, Spotlight, which won the Academy Award looking into Boston, but, you know, when you go and pitch these things in Hollywood, uh, they want the, you know, combined two movies, and so I said, okay, it's Spotlight meets Dexter, Mm. and they go, I love it. I love it. So, yeah. You nailed it, Andy. That sounds great. This is one I definitely have to read. I love the the idea for this one. Uh, go and check it out. It is The Empty Confessional. Tom-Hogan.com is the website. we got a couple minutes here, Tom, but i got to ask you about, uh, it had mentioned as well, and you had mentioned about uh, some of the uh, being part of biblical studies and archaeological digs. That stuff absolutely fascinates me. What are some of the digs that you've been on or been involved with, and what are some of the things that you found as you've done some of those things? Well, you know, uh, I was over uh, working in uh, Israel, uh, a couple of sites. One was called uh, Caesarea in Hebrew, Caesarea, um, you know, in Latin. Uh, you know, it's the coastal port town that was very important. And then I've dug up in Jerusalem as well. Wow. Um, yeah, we, by our standards, we discovered a number of very interesting things. We didn't discover any Dead Sea Scrolls or, you know, um, buildings that had inscribed Jesus slept here or anything like that. But, uh, you know, quite a bit of work that, um, you know, my specialty was uh, ceramics, you know, 
Sure. It's boring as hell, but it's the right way to be able to dig and determine, you know, what sites were at what time, et cetera. That was my job. But, uh, you know, fascinating, uh, fascinating world and uh, a lot of enjoyable times on the dig. That's amazing. We got just about a minute left here. I've heard a rumor and I've heard some studies on it, like the, some of the ceramics and the pottery and some of the stuff that they've had and that you've been able to uncover. Is it true that in the ceramics, as they've made these things, that it actually collects the sound waves of that time to where you can almost hear history back with some of the sound waves that have been captivated into the pottery? If that's true, you got me. Because, okay. Uh, I don't know. I heard I, that as a rumor, but I thought that was really cool if that's true. Yeah, it is cool. That is neat. I love it. It's Tom-Hogan.com is the website. Go and check it out. The latest book, The Empty Confessional. It is a version, a twist on the priest and the Dexter together. You got to go check it out, and I am excited to read it myself. Tom, it's great to talk to you, my friend. Great stuff. I love it. We got to get you back on the show and chat again soon, my friend. All right. Thanks again, Andy. Hey, Bye-bye. appreciate that very much. All right, that does it for us today. Wrapped up for a whole other week. We're back at it again on Monday. We got a lot of stuff to get to then. A lot of the current events, we'll see what kind of shenanigans happen out of Washington, D.C. over the weekend. Until then, be your own catalyst for change. Be your own change and your own icon there. Let's make it happen ourselves. What do you say? Be your own voice of reason. Stand up, speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.